Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to hear from members of the Blue Bombers, Mike O'Shea, Kyle Walters, Zach Calaris, as we get closer and closer to the start of the season and training camp just around the corner. We'll also talk with Bobby Ewell, Manitoba golfer who won the Women's City and District Championship at Transcona this past weekend. That's all coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers training camp getting closer and closer. It is July 10th. That is less than two weeks away. Their season kicks off August 5th against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And today the team through the CFL held a preview press event with, well, virtually, of course, Kyle Walters, Mike O'Shea, and Zach Kolaris, and we'll hear from them over the course of the next couple segments. Let us start with all three men answering the question of what they're looking forward to the most about getting back at it real soon. Oh, yeah, dude, that's getting in meetings, talking football, um, you know, like the piggyback off what Osh was saying earlier, you know, talking situations with, with him and Buck and, and Sean and, you know, going through those things. Um, that could happen in a game and what, what we're going to do, um, you know, if they do arise and how we'll win that game, right? So I'm just excited to be around my teammates, the coaches, um, watching film, talking about the film, uh, and, and obviously getting on the field and competing. Well, I, I've said it before. I'm just looking forward to that um, first opportunity to witness the guys seeing each other for the first time, just uh, being a fly on the wall and, and watching them <laughs> into each other again the first practice is going to be the first time they're on the field together is going to be um i for, for me personally it's gonna be pretty emotional i think you know just and watching them interact is going to be fantastic it's less about work right now and it's more about the excitement so so yes you're seeing all the young guys come up and there's um, you know you're interested in how they're doing but it, it's less about that this year it's more just about the excitement of Stepping on the foot from from my standpoint, stepping on the field and watching the coaches coach, watching the players run around, and then you know getting my office with Ted and Danny and watching the practice film. Those are the things that I'm I'm really really looking forward to and can't wait for that first day. Let's hear from Calaris, the quarterback, now on having a full camp to prepare and how that's better than just jumping into a new system midseason like you did in 2019. I think it will certainly help with just, you know, the on-field chemistry stuff and with, you know, however many days it's been that we've actually been able to play football. We've gone over the playbook and, you know, being able to read through that and, and talk with Buck and talk with Sean and the other guys uh, about it, you know, that'll definitely be invaluable. Um, you know, I think just, again, being being off for so long, just getting the opportunity to go and compete is, is what I'm really looking forward to, you know, whether it's throwing the ball to net um, you know, running, you know, doing conditioning things after practice, you know, seven on sevens, all, all those things, you know, we're all just, again, like kind of craving that competitiveness. So um, I think it's going to be a great camp, lots of energy. Um, not sure exactly how we're going to have to split things up, you know, with the social distancing and all that, but uh, man, I'm just excited to get out there. And, and again, to answer your question, I think just, you know, being able to spend more time with the guys being around uh, that locker room will, will be very, very valuable moving forward. You know, again, it was, four or five weeks last year. And, you know, I felt like I'd been there for a long time. And that speaks again to the organization and the leadership that we have there and to the guys in the locker room. And Kolaris talked about his relationship with Buck Pierce. It's uh, It's been really great working with Buck, uh, you know, from the moment that I, I joined the organization. Um, he was somebody that I, I looked up to when I first got into the league, just, you know, his style of play, his competitiveness is, you know, something that I wanted to emulate. 
Um, so yeah, being able to, to be around him and, and pick his brain when I was there for, again, the end of the season in 2019. And then, you know, throughout this entire thing has been, has been awesome. I think he's, he's really open to, to, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for to new ideas, I guess. And just, you know, continuing to evolve with, with how football, um, is changing and, and it seems like it's changing all the time. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure he learned a lot of that from Lapo and that's just kind of his, his personal philosophy as well. So, uh, it's been really just really great to talk ball with him and, um, you know, again, to share some ideas on, on, you know, how we can gain, you know, just the 1% advantage here or 1% advantage there. And um, I think just that open line of communication uh, in our meeting room um, will we'll do a lot, uh, you know, f- for the entire room and specifically for, for our relationship. And O'Shea was asked if he'll be overseeing more offensive stuff this year just because Buck Pierce is new to the job. And he, well, he pretty much laughed at that presumption uh, but buck's been around a long time from you know from his playing days uh to coaching we've coached together for a number of years buck's been ready for this for a while um you know i i just like talking the game like like zach does too like the quarterbacks do like uh enjoy that aspect with buck i like talking the game of football with buck because quarterbacks are you know, they're so important to, to running a game, obviously running a game plan, implementing, executing a game plan, but actually running the game out there um, that, you know, we see a lot of things similarly and we challenge each other. And it's it's great to just talk football and how, how do you win? You know, so those things are, are important to me. But in terms of play calling that, no, he's he's ready. He's got it figured out. Back to Kolaris now on whether the 2019 season rejuvenated him in his career and if the fact that they had to wait so long to play again kind of nullified that rejuvenation. You know, from, I guess, maybe practical is the word, from a practical standpoint, just, you know, not really knowing, you know, what was going to happen if, you know, if I didn't play again in 2019, you know, so being able to, uh, again, join the Bombers organization and, and play the last um four games there uh, definitely was rejuvenating, uh, you know, for my career, I guess, in everybody's eyes. And, and even for me uh, with a, a boost of confidence, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I can still do this. Not, not to say I ever doubted myself, but you know, when you don't, when you don't play an entire year, it's, it's different. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, then not being able to go out in 2020 was tough and it was tough for everybody, you know, not just me, I'm not special. Um, so you know, throughout the 2019, I'd really just try to keep perspective that, you know, my life is pretty, pretty dang good and uh, just continue to work hard and try to learn as much as I can, you know, whether it was, um, you know, at the end there with, with uh, Saskatchewan, um, you know, in Toronto from, from Jacques and, and the guys in that room. And, and obviously once I got to Winnipeg with, with Lapo and Buck and, and Coach O'Shea and um, it's, yeah, it was, you know, when you look back at it, it was really, it was really a cool year of football because I got to be around, uh, you know, a lot of amazing football minds. So I, I, I definitely learned a lot, um, you know, from maybe my next step after after I'm done playing, and and, and also just some little, you know, I guess nuggets and, and tidbits of, of things that I can I can use to, um, you know, try to become a better leader for for our room. Maybe he wants to coach. And one last clip before we go to break. He was asked if the year off helped him physically. I think it probably helps everybody. You know, just you know, resting, uh, being able to rest your body. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not a doctor or anything from a from a, a head and concussion perspective, if that if a year off or ten years off or whatever helps, so I'm not going to pretend that I know that answer. But I think just from uh you know from your your body feeling a little bit better, it, it certainly helps. But um it, it it will be interesting, I think, for everybody that hasn't played for 
a year and a half or however long this has been to to get out there and get hit again. And, and that next morning soreness will you'll definitely feel a little bit more, I think. Let us talk now with the winner of the Women's City and District Championship yesterday at Transcona Golf Club, Bobby Ewell. Bobby, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You carded a, a six over 77 to finish the two-day event, uh, a two-stroke victory over Rhonda Orr. Take me through the event. Did you did you feel confident throughout you were going to get the job done? Um, I had confidence that I would pull it off, but I also had no idea how the rest of the field would play. But after round one, and I was only one shot back, I had quite a bit of confidence because I've played in a lot of tournaments where I've either been leading or only one shot back going into the final round, and I have been able to win. So I feel like that was kind of a key factor for me to being able to pull off the win was um, I was kind of had a bit of an advantage there, I'd say. So when you're out on the course, do you know how other people are doing or or not? Um, I knew how the girls in my group were doing. Um, I was keeping track of that um, throughout the day just so I knew where I was at, so I knew what I had to do. Um, but I had no idea what was happening in front of me. Um, like with Rhonda, I had I didn't know where she was at, I didn't know where anyone else was. But I knew with the girls in my group, I had it secured, so I knew that if I just kept doing what I was doing and stayed ahead of them, that I more than likely had to win. Did you go into the day with a number in mind that you needed to post? Uh, not specific num specific number. I just knew I had to be lower than both of the women in my group. <laughs> Guess that's how golf works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get the lowest number you win. So tell me more about Transcona yeah. Golf Club. I've, I've never golfed there. What's it like? Um, It's rather open. Uh, there's not a ton of trouble out there. There's some water um, that you can get in off the tee. Um, overall, it's pretty straightforward track. Um, it was pretty dry this time around, so it was playing a little more difficult just because hitting into the greens, you weren't getting any spin with your shots and in the fairways, it was rolling forever, so having to judge, like, if you weren't hitting driver, like, what club to hit was a little more difficult. But overall, uh, it's a pretty good track. Uh, just with it being such a dry year, it, you can tell it was struggling, just like any other course has been this year. Right. So how has the, the really dry conditions, we've barely had any rain this spring into the summer, how has that affected the courses in Manitoba, in your opinion? Um, I feel like they've all struggle because they all had a hard winter um i mean i wasn't here for the winter but from what i've heard it was a pretty tough winter for the greens to be able to come back um the courses that i have played i've noticed that a lot of the greens do have a lot of dead spots as well as the fairways and i just think not getting the rain is kind of it's hurting every course no matter how good your irrigation system is it still needs rain um so yeah i think all courses are hurting but some more than others but overall they're doing decent considering it's been so dry. So what does the summer look like for you from a tournament standpoint? Um, I just had the sitting district and then I'll play the amateur and then I'm leaving to go back to school right after the amateur. So I won't actually get to play in the match play this year um, since it is in at the end of August, sadly. Right. right. But uh, so I guess this is kind of your, your summer break from, 
playing golf at Longwood University is playing golf here in Manitoba. Yep, basically. <laughs> so what was the school year like for you then down there in uh, the U.S.? Um, so in the fall, we didn't have tournaments. Uh, they hadn't allowed it at that point. But come spring, we, we, all, we had a normal tournament schedule. Um, the only difference was we had to get COVID tested before every single event. Uh, sometimes it was just one. Sometimes it was three times. It was just kind of the, depending on the, the host school, what their rules and regulations were. Um, but overall, it was like a pretty, felt really normal, honestly, because there weren't many changes other than uh, like wearing a mask in the parking lot, clubhouse, but that's kind of mandatory. But at all of our tournaments, I think we maybe had one tournament we had to leave the flag in, but every other tournament we were allowed to take it out. So that, so it felt pretty normal, honestly. But it was overall a good season. As a team, we did really well. Um, individually, I had some good rounds, had some not so good rounds, but overall, turned out to be okay. So your school is located at uh, Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia. Are the courses you're playing at all in Virginia, or are you playing in different states as well? Um, we actually mainly play in North Carolina and South Carolina. Uh, we usually only have one tournament uh, in Virginia. That's at Kingsville Resort. Uh, but everything else is North Carolina, South Carolina. And I do believe this year we're actually going out to Arizona, possibly, in the spring for a tournament. Not sure if that's finalized but that's what I've heard so far. So what would be the biggest difference between playing a course in Manitoba and a course in the Carolinas? The grass. Uh, down there, it's all Bermuda grass. Um, so all the grain and the club catching, when you hit it, it's based off of the grain and it's thick, really, really thick rough down there. That's the main thing, as well as just the overall layout. Uh, down there, we tend to play a lot more courses that are kind of closer to the ocean. So they're just a, that kind of ocean style, uh, a little more open, but there's lots of trouble. And it's very windy all the time down there. So you have a lot of wind to deal with, which uh, plays a big factor when you're playing those courses down there. So would you say it's more challenging playing down there than up here? Um. It kind of just depends on the course. Yes and no. I would say comparing to Golf Manitoba events, I would say yes because we play 62 to 63,000 yards. Um, our lowest is 6,000, where with all the Golf Manitoba events, it's really regularly like 58 to 6,000, so it's a lot shorter. So playing harder courses at a longer distance makes it a lot harder, but also the courses up here can be made just as difficult with the right pin locations and the with the right or the, I guess the wrong wind direction, anything can be pretty tough. So I would say it's overall just they're both challenging, just different challenges overall. Now, are you going into your uh, senior year of university? Yeah, this is my fourth year. So uh, what are you looking forward to the most about your senior year? Um, just enjoying it. Um, you know, it's, Technically, it's my last year, but I will be playing a fifth year. Um, I've kind of come to the conclusion I want to play my fifth year down there since we got a free year with COVID. Um, So I'm just going to kind of take it, make it like my best year I can make of it, um, and just have a good time. You know, I'm excited for the season, and I'm just looking forward to where we get to play and how well we all play this year.
How about, I've, I've asked you pretty much only about golf. What about your schooling? How's that going? Um, you know, it's going. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty difficult, just the classes I have to take with athletic training. Um, it's just a lot of, a lot of sciences and all that kind of stuff. Plus, we have practicum hours. You have to get a minimum of 200 hours a semester working with the sports team, which is a lot to balance between general school work, golf, and then um, just tournaments. It's just it's a lot, but I've I've been able to do it every semester so far. This is my last semester having to do all that. So I'm pushing through. Um, my final semester, I'll just have to take like a few classes just to finish up uh, my gen eds, and then I'm done. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before I let you go, as a fellow lefty, I have to ask you: How many? <laughs> what's the breakdown down there where you golf and in the states? Is it is it mostly righties? What do you think the ratio is? Yeah, it's definitely mostly mostly righties. Um, at our school, none of the guys are left-handed. I'm the only left-handed girl, but I do believe, if I remember correctly, one of the girls coming in this year for our team is left-handed. So. I won't be alone anymore, but I rarely see left-handed people. And when I do, it's like the most confusing thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not used to golfing with a lefty. So, yeah. It's a special bond. You instantly have something in common with them that you don't with most other people. Yep, for sure. Well, Bobby, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and congrats again on the win yesterday. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this Try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your